0: You see, things have changed since you've been gone, Derek. You talk about organization, wait till you see what we've done with the internet. We've got every gang from Seattle to San Diego working together now. They're not competing anymore, they're consolidated. The only thing we lack is a little overall leadership. And that's where you come in. Because people out there, they've got a lot of respect for you, Derek. When you're ready, you ought to come and talk to me about it. Well, you can forget about that. I'm done with it, Cam. Yeah, well, I, mean, I know you grew out of that shaved head bullshit a long time ago, but I, I like your hair the way it is now. You see, that's what I mean, Derek. We're thinking bigger now. No more of this fucking grocery store. You're not listening to me. I am done with it. All that bullshit out there and all your bullshit, too. I'm out. I understand how you feel. I mean, you've just done some hard times. Don't you fucking talk to me about hard time. You don't know a thing about it. Hey, I've done mine. You didn't do shit. I found out about your little prison story. You did two months, and then you rolled over on two kids and let them go down for you. So don't feed me your fucking lies, Cameron. All right, this is stupid. I'm done. You go cool off. Get laid. Do something. Get your head on straight, then I'll talk to you.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't even really matter if I don't, does it? Because you've got the next crop all lined up and ready to go, you fucking chicken hawk. Excuse me? You prey on people, Cam. You use them. I lost three years of my life for your fucking phony cause, but I am onto you now,
0: you fucking snake. Hey, Derek, watch it. Be careful. Remember where you are. This is not some fucking country club where you can waltz in and out of here. Hey, shut shut up. Shut the fuck up. I came in here to tell you one thing. I am out, out. And Danny is out, too. And if you come near my family again, I'm going to fucking kill you. Well, excuse me, but fuck you, Derek. You can't come barking threats at me. Look, you can do whatever you want, but Danny is a good kid. He's not some whining pussy like you. He needs my help, and I'm going to give it to him. If you come near Danny again, I will feed you your fucking heart, Cameron. I won't have to. He'll come to me. I'm more important to him now than you'll ever be. <laughs> oh.
1: to try to stand out from the herd. It's the Cinema 9 Podcast with your hosts, Eric Brandstrom, Michael Gauvier, and Travis Roy, coming to a speaker near you right now.
2: Welcome to the show. My name is Michael Govier. This is the Cinema 9 Podcast. Uh, I'm here with my fellow co-host, Travis Roy, Eric Branstrom. Travis, how's it going? Welcome in. Uh, hey, how's it going? It's going good over here. How are you? I'm good. Society's treating me well. Eric Branstrom, Griffith, Indiana. How are you?
3: Good evening from Griffith, and
2: uh hope you uh, guys are ready
3: to talk film this evening.
2: Well, it's usually what we do. I'm sure we'll cover it. And then we have our special guest, the one and only Mr. Chad Gibbons is here to talk film and we're just
1: thrilled to have you, Chad. How are you doing? Welcome in. I'm thrilled to be here, Mike. It's uh, it's an honor, and I'm humbled. <laughs> so humbly humble. Wow.
4: <laughs> it's, it's so
5: good. To, it's so good to have you. And Mike did such a fine job of of, of bumping you up. I believe he, he he referred you as immortal film legend Chad Gibbons.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that. <laughs>
1: a film extraordinaire. I was like, this is incredible.
4: Yeah, <laughs> you're stuck guys, in in I'm you guys. I'm here,
1: guys. I'm here.
4: <laughs> welcome,
1: welcome, man. made it. Also yeah,
5: also known as uh Chibbins Gabbatass or That's right uh,
3: Good Got to that? have you. Yeah. Many aliases, Seamus O. McNally,
4: <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. Charred Gerbuns. I burned uh, the uh, burger char- buns. Char- I char- girbuns. Charred, charred Gerbuns. Uh, yeah, I go by, by all, all those things. That's all fine. <laughs>
4: yeah, uh, we
2: had some good times at Gabowski's back in the day too. So it's sometimes combined with other people's names. A lot of, a lot of good yes,
1: yeah. yeah, a lot of good times by the movies.
2: <laughs> A lot of movies. We have Oof. we're talking about uh Jimmy Tax's basement, which you're familiar with. You were oh, one of the original down there. Well, we yeah, saw, we brought up Fearless a couple weeks ago. We watched <laughs> remember when Fearless was uh a big
1: hit down there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what why was that a movie that we gravitated toward? I watched nine, Fearless
3: nine 17 year olds crying in the basement
1: watching Fearless. I, the first we time got... I watched Fearless, I cried. Oh, yeah, I turned the movie off and I cried for an hour. And then I stopped crying. And then I cried for two hours. <laughs> it like not hit me.
5: We liked intense dramas. We watched Dad with Ted Danson and uh, Jack Lemmon. <laughs> we watched The Bear, right? With uh, yes, the sure. was That Jack the Bear with Danny DeVito, Jack, right. right? We watched yeah. My Life. We're like, hey, let's get together with a bunch of dudes. Watch Michael Keaton's My Life and just have Strange. a nice <laughs> time.
1: Strange. <laughs> Strange. My mom, my like, my mom's like, what do you guys do over there in that basement? I'm like, we watched Fearless, and I bawled like a baby.
5: <laughs> we hold each other and watch drop We cool. held each other
3: gently. <laughs> you guys aren't doing drugs or drink. Oh, Lord, no. We watched Gandhi last <laughs> night. Uh, we
1: all really teared up. Wow, we decided love- to change our lives after watching Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> sure did, yeah.
2: Well, you know, some good times down there. Chad knows his good film, times. and he's going to offer some great suggestions when we get to our quarantine viewing picks. This is the Cinema night Podcast. We are available. a 9pod at protimemail.com. Send us an email. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, if you like what you hear, we'd love to get a rating on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, always welcome. We appreciate it. Helps the show. Amazing. I think, you know, we're, we're just a cog in the machine. We didn't create the machine. So we're just kind of following the playbook of how things go. So please, uh, please support the show. And then, of course, you can follow us on all the standard social media platforms instagram facebook Uh, we're on facebook live now for the first time so hi hello everyone um this is exciting because chad chose american Mm. history x you know for our doesn't hold up segment which is (laughs) the main course of every show and we will talk about that in detail and i'm really excited to get into it because this is a film that uh yeah we'll just save it but we're looking forward to american history x but you know (laughs) chad Chad, tell us about your movie passion. Give us where did it all come from. Do you remember like the first movie you saw that really changed your life?
1: Yes, Godzilla versus Mothra. uh, (laughs) In all seriousness, uh, had a very profound impact on little Chadster as he's growing up. Uh, Yeah, Godzilla versus Mothra really did it. And uh, you know, we grew up. uh, uh, It was Ghostbusters. It was Karate Kid. It was Star Wars. It was Indiana Jones. Yeah, How could you not love movies? Uh, they kind of just fashioned who I was. And then uh, I kind of hooked up with you bozos uh, mm. kind of in high, late high school, after high school, and uh, found out that uh, there's other people that love movies. And we all worked at Blockbuster together,
2: I believe. Yeah, Mike, yeah, you were. Yeah, three, we all worked all at Blockbuster. All three of you three. Guys oh, did, except me. Oh, I thought you did. Mm, uh, I no. mean, I had a lot of jobs, but no, I <laughs> didn't actually... I never actually worked at a Blockbuster. I should have. Oh, I thought you were there. I Maybe
1: remember you being there often.
2: I sure I came by. I saw you yeah. guys a lot.
3: <laughs> uh, so- literally... Like, we would literally watch, like, every movie that came out. we just take home all the new releases. So we'd be like, hey, did you check out the new, like, Leland Orser film where he plays that guy? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I saw it.
5: Shannon, yeah. I remember the first time I hung out with you was a party at Jim's basement. Like, he had, like, a get-together, to go get together, which was, like, late high school, and we played the actor's game, which, for those who don't yes. know, is, like, uh, where, you know, like, you know, someone would say an actor's name, and then, like, so I, I say Burt Reynolds, someone has to say, something, you know, Ryan... Gosling you, and yeah, played, you, you know. have to name
1: an actor with the first name who starts with the first letter of the last name of the previously right. played actor. Yep. Well, I didn't know I, you very well. And we started
5: playing and like you, me and, and and Jimmy and Eric just went, I don't know, four or five hours or something. We're just oh, like, yeah. that,
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious. In all seriousness, that moment, that actor's game was a defining moment in my life because prior to that party, I was a very I still am a nerdy, geeky, like a very socially uh, anxious person and was, you know, relentlessly kind of made fun of by uh, several people that I'm looking at right now. What? No. (laughs) Huh? No. (laughs) But no. so I go to this party and uh, no, in in all seriousness, it's totally fine. But uh, Travis used to to beat me with a stick when I first met
2: him. I I had some deep
1: emotional
5: issues, guys.
2: I'm still really sorry about all that. I, I Chad, I'm sorry,
5: that.
3: I called you fat glasses for several years. Yeah, ago.
1: fat glasses, right? Yeah, I, I didn't call you that. No, it was just Eric. <laughs> uh, so, but we played this actors game and we're throwing out names, uh, you know. I and it was, I think, I think I remember even the actors. So I was thinking about this week when I said Lewis Gossett Jr. in the actors game, Travis and Eric were both like, oh, who is this guy? And then it goes around and everybody's all out. And we're throwing out names like oh, who, who Michael Ironside. Because yeah, we knew who yeah. Louis fucking
5: Gossett Jr. was. Dog ears, Okay.
1: Yeah, no, everybody knows dog ears. Uh, everybody <laughs> knows Louis Gossett Jr., I think. But we're throwing ears, out names. Oh, okay, throwing Lewis, out B. Van
3: Cleef. I believe you, uh, Queen Latifah for the win, because cues were not fucking easy by any Q's
1: stretch of the imagination. Come. But she counts as an actress. Absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, that, uh, so after that game, then things changed in my life. I was accepted into the fold, I felt like.
4: Hmm, that's beautiful.
1: Louis Gossett Jr.
4: Doggy, <laughs> son. Dog
1: you can't Dog be 457 years old, Louis Gossett. Doggy, son. Doggy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so dumb.
1: Yeah. I don't think I ever – yeah, that's uh, pretty nice. dumb. Um, and and uh, I can do a decent elf impression. That oh. that bought me a lot of points
2: let's hear it let's hear it
1: yeah now you have to do it yeah uh uh it's been several years uh he says i'm like hey Willie, hey Willie, uh somebody put the cat in the dryer i believe you i believe your ray liotta was even
3: superior to your elf
1: yeah ray liotta oh, we
2: used to oh he, and he used to say that over and over again in the tv production class whenever we needed money we'd rob the airport yeah, we see yeah.
4: that on repeat.
1: Yeah, from Goodfellas. It tells us it was better than Citibank.
4: <laughs> so dumb. Yeah, but hey, Willie.
1: Uh, <laughs> hey, Brian.
2: It's a movie podcast. Oh, not a TV sorry. Podcast, okay. Oh, but, remember TV. that
1: alien guy? Remember <laughs> Al? Of course, I love What him. was he? <laughs> he was like a alien? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a His name was, born. Born. His name He's was a Gordon. Form. His name was Gordon. Yeah, Gordon Showway.
2: Hey, I'm Gordon. Yeah. It's like, what? Come on.
4: wasn't he a jerk
1: he was Uh, like
2: a jerk
4: he's like a misogynist it's
2: still funny if the whole series is on tubi
3: i was laughing out loud it's still funny hold up (laughs) literally every episode they just have to hide him from the pizza guy that's all that happens
2: (laughs) yeah i don't think it holds up because it's a bizarre 80s premise The 80s was filled with these bizarre premises
5: why not just go pick up your pizza (laughs)
2: seems <laughs> simple enough yeah. You know. hmm. well hey Chad we know that you know movies so that's why we wanted to get your take on your movie background because we want everyone else to know how much Chad loves film and yeah. uh, it's always been a big part of his life I mean Chad you go deep you know the, the black and white stuff right you know you can go, go as big.
1: deep as it gets you know how after high school people like made something of their lives
5: <laughs> hey uh, you did man you
1: did more than most
5: of our friends
4: come on yeah, yeah.
1: Well, at any rate, I I, I just perfect. got there's there's like that book that says here's two thousand movies you have to watch before you die, and I just watched those. I'm like, all right, <laughs>
2: that was I a good I, place to start.
1: I, I guess I'm sitting yeah.
5: down to watch the, the cabinet of Doctor Calgary. Yeah, I I'm watched the cabinet of Doctor Calgary. <laughs> yeah, I, did
4: that.
1: That. <laughs> I did all that. I did all that.
2: Well, that's cool. I mean, movies are so much fun. That's why we do this show. We have a good time talking film. Every week we do our breakdown for our main course. Does it hold up? That's our segment. That's our uh signature kind of focus now. People uh know us for that around the world. So, Chad, you are basically being revealed to an audience around the world, and I hope oh. you that pressure. So
1: Yeah, okay. It's a big moment for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, have you ever been on a podcast before? Uh yeah i have yeah okay
2: oh
4: all right. well. all right
1: sorry i mean i
2: should <laughs> oh,
4: have said no yeah you
2: said no then people wouldn't expect anything from you but now that you've said you've been on a podcast oh i've got some this went up
1: yeah yeah i'm a highly anticipated uh guest
2: <laughs> oh no, absolutely you're uh one of our most revered listeners I don't think okay. that's understating things. You always participate, and we appreciate that. And That's why we do this show, because we love movies, and we want to connect with people on film. So thank you for being here. It's so cool. I love the show. Uh, I th- I'm I a fan of would... the show. Thank you, buddy. Although you are still in movie jail for saying
3: George Clooney is not a good actor.
1: I no. think he's overrated. And and I'm not done, guys. Uh, I liked Mother. I thought Mother was great. <laughs> Mother. <laughs> was Aronof- point for? Mother! Exclamation point! Lowercase. Mother! Exclamation point! Yeah, I liked point. it a lot. Despicable and Toby Maguire is okay. He's okay. I, oh, I, I like. You're fired, man. <laughs> hey, you know, I've been I'm, listening I'm, to the show. I'd like to air all these grievances <laughs> at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
5: I'm actually, I'm with you on Toby Maguire. I think I mean like as a person I think he's a shit bag, but as an actor he's all right. I don't. Um, <laughs> I mean I, I don't know the know guy him. personally. But I don't know him personally, but based on what I know of the character, but, you know, it just seems like of the of yeah. his character. I mean, it just seems like he's maybe not so great based on rumor and that whatnot. But anyways, oh, my, my, my. Um, Mother is a trash film, but I still
2: really you.
1: Well, I enjoyed myself. Ate there. Had a bob, bag of popcorn. <laughs> and then, but
2: uh, give me, give me. I something. didn't eat for a
1: week after that movie. No, I one didn't think about it.
2: What do you like about it in particular? Like do you just like the the style. Uh, do you like the premise?
4: Uh,
1: I like the style and the premise. I like Darren Aronofsky. Uh, I hate to admit it. Maybe, I don't know. I, I like love him. It's a I great director. I think about halfway through the film, I, I thought to myself, this is not what's really happening. This is an allegory. And I don't know why it took me halfway through, but and then I realized, yeah. I mean, he's, he's going through Genesis one through three and, uh, I think he's Jewish, but there's a lot of like Christian overtones, especially at the end. No, well, it's the Hebrew Bible, right? I mean, it's the same story. Didn't he do the Noah movie? Right, too? he did the yeah, Noah did movie. The there there Noah. was like rock monsters. It was fun.
2: But I think he's on a roll here. He's kind of like he's <laughs> okay. absolutely okay. A lot of yeah. uh,
3: Christ-like figures in his movies too, with the wrestler, probably most prominently in Black Swan too. So yeah. he's got a light yeah. dabbles a lot, puts his toes in the book quite a bit.
1: And I, so I don't know, maybe that that spoke to me. I'm a uh, again, I guess I'm an unironically uh, an ordained minister. <laughs>
4: That's true. I'm a
1: I'm a pastor the lead pastor of a church here in Howell, Michigan. So maybe that I was just like, okay, this is I like this. Hey, can we still swear on our own podcast now? Or everybody says that, and when I say I'm a pastor, I get I get a couple things. One, uh, some people say, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I, like I made a rule that they're not supposed to do that. And I then I just not, know that uh, I, say,
5: I say fuck a lot, so I'm, I'm yeah, probably keep saying fuck. Just fair now, long. I'm
1: familiar. I'm familiar <laughs> with the phrase. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, no, everybody curious. always everybody always apologizes when I say that, or they start confessing things, and I'm like, whoa, okay. Whoa.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know I brought it up at Eric's birthday party, and you're like, dude, you kidding me? He said, you and your son listen to it all the time. I'm like, dude, your son, he's like oh, 10. No, the podcast. Mike, he's 16, you dumbass. Yeah, I have a, I have
1: a 17-year-old son. And what what are you supposed to like? You remember what we were saying at 17 years old? Oh, my
5: God, yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. The foulest things I ever said in my life.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let not Eat beat a, around the bush. Yeah, I, chicken I like fajitas, that. man. Mm,
2: I, I commend you for that i think it's good honest parenting and being an honest person and just being genuine so thank you because that's what you do regardless of anything that uh is not cool in society you're always going to be you and i i think that's why i respect you uh I oh still okay
1: do respect you, by the way. wow this is great the chad yeah. gibbons show
2: it is i mean is guest. <laughs> we gotta, gotta come the it flavor of the book you are, you are <laughs> until next week when uh, we forget about you and we move forward. seriously. Yeah, there's no uh, well, we do have some continuation, like uh, Seinfeld. You know, we don't just forget what happened on last week's episode, we try to keep it sure. forward. A lot of Paul Schrader oh,
3: talk.
1: I love yeah. first reform. <laughs> I'll keep it going. I love first yeah, reform. A
2: lot of first reform talk. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I've seen this movie, First Reform. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, very good film. <sighs> Dry, but great. So uh, anything else, Chad, you want people to know about you before we move on? Nope. Good. I think we covered it. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to get too personal on this show. This is the Cinema Night Podcast. You're listening live. Uh, if you're here for the live stream, there's four people watching us. Hi, four people. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, we appreciate it. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the standard platforms. You can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Woo-hoo. we Let's talk quarantine viewing picks. We got four of us today, so we want to get through this. We got a lot of movies that people have been watching. And uh, I can't wait to see what Chad offers up. But as always, we start with our good man, Travis Roy, leading off with his wonderful, wonderful offerings. Take it away!
5: All right. Well, I I, I watched a little less movies than usual this week. Uh, 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 Now that I was finally out of quarantine, I did some actual socializing with my life a little bit. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and just tell you everything I watched and and quickly comment on it. Lion from 2016 was... Mm -hmm. um, Powerful, so with, good.
2: Uh, yeah, but isn't that with that one oh. guy? Uh,
5: uh, yeah, Dev? With, with Dev Dev Patel, who is a great yeah. actor. Uh, uh, you know, he's he's a great leading man. The, the, uh, it was a, it was a powerful movie. It was a powerful movie. Um, Anyway, so I, yeah, I, I mean I don't know, it just it just didn't grab me by it it, it, it seemed like it, it was really overhyped maybe a bit or something. Like I don't know, I expected more. Um on election night, I felt like uh or not election night, but uh, the night that that Biden hit over 270, I watched uh Back to the Future 2 because I wanted to see Biff get deposed. That seemed <laughs> like the the perfect um, you know, Biff's Biff's Biff, you know, Biff takes over Hill Valley. Yeah. You know, so I wanted to see you I wanted to Biff. see that. Yeah, I wanted to see him knocked off his 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 uh you know his throne how was it? Uh, was, was it cathartic it was really yeah it was great it was exactly it was and awesome. I, I was shit-faced obviously i mean of course um so it was a really nice way to end the evening <laughs> i was partying i was celebrating um okay. i uh i watched the sons of katie elder which is probably my new favorite john oh. wayne movie never seen that before from 1965 um i watched weirdly enough on the same day i'd never watched a paul apprentice movie in my life but i watched two paul apprentice movies as actress who i'd never really heard of one movie from 1974 and the next movie from last year or two years ago um which was really weird to see her like um that time jump and it was really not intentional to have that but i watched i'm the pretty thing that lives in the house and the parallax of you from 1974 um I'm the pretty thing that lives in the house was about what I expected. Um, based on the reviews that I'd heard about it. Um I, the parallax view, I have this great friend Dan. Um every, like, he's a good movie buff buddy. Everyone should have a good movie buff buddy. Dan Plummer? Uh no, his, his name's Dan Wittick. <laughs> and uh he's a buddy of mine from Philly, and he just loves like 70s movies. So like he's like this huge Alan J. Pacula fan, and like he's always like, <laughs> get me to watch like Alan Parker movies and stuff. So like he does he know <laughs> Luke? <laughs> right. I, I was, his, his his tastes run similar to Luke, it's true. Um, so he recommended this movie Parallax View, which is actually the first movie that um he's recommended to me that steered me wrong. I wasn't crazy about it, but I wanted to give a shout out to Dan because I think he listens to the show sometimes. And it's always good that like it's everyone's got like that horror buddy, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I can recommend this deep cut for you, but it's nice to have somebody who can recommend like this deep cut 70s movie for you. Um, and then last but not least,
2: can. <laughs>
5: yeah. Um, I watched If Beale Street Could Talk today, which I uh, absolutely loved. It was a powerful film. Barry Jenkins' follow-up to Moonlight from 2018 uh, based on the James Baldwin novel. Um, oh, hey, Daniel Plummer's watching the show. Hey, Dan. Yeah, um,
4: that's what I said to say. <laughs> um,
5: but so, yeah, If Beale Street Could Talk uh, really uh, was probably the best movie I watched this this week. And the thing that grabbed me the most, actually, uh, Jimmy Eat World released an album last year. And they have a what. Big, they, have, they released a new album last year and uh, they oh. have this video for this song called 555 which I have probably watched that video I don't know <laughs> 20 30 times in the last 48 hours uh, absolutely obsessed with this weird ass fucking video with this beautifully great one of the best Jimmy World songs I've ever heard um, so that's 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 my main recommendation for the week I would say would be 555
2: by Jimmy World. Wow, there's a lot going on there I want to talk about. But, hey, we only have so much time on this show. We are all busy people living our lives. So let's move forward. Thank you, Travis. As always, uh, Jimmy, World new album. I have, I was not aware of that. Very excited. Eric Bradstrom in Griffith, Indiana. We know you love film. About as much, I would say, maybe even more than Chad. I'm going to throw that out there. I'm going to make a controversial statement. Eric loves film, film more than Chad does. I,
1: I agree with that. I agree with that. <laughs>
2: okay, great. Cool. Not so controversial. Chad, what... Uh, <laughs> Do you think that Eric's going to offer something from the seventies in his reviews?
1: No, I think he's got some trash horror he's still got under his belt. To, <laughs> to, to, to <laughs> we'll see what he says. Take I, it took
3: away, a, Eric. I, I took a look at nineteen seventy two's Fat City, oh. directed by John Huston.
1: Oh. oh, I was wrong.
3: Was Excellent picture that I never really even heard of i know he john houston had some clunkers in the 70s it's kind of weird period for him It's so legendary filmmaker obviously but uh stars are our, our our boy stacy keach who i had really only seen in tonight's picture and a couple other ones where he just plays like the heavy he's fucking awesome in this movie as this like a uh, blue collar boxer who's struggling through life and uh uh, Northern California in the early '70s, and just this really problematic area. It is a beautiful film about ambition and regret, and uh, co-stars Jeff Bridges. Check it out. Uh, it's on uh, Tubi, which we talk a lot about because they frankly put really interesting movies on that that not a people, not a lot of people see. Um, terrific film. I took another look at, uh, took another look at Jangle Unchained and. Man, this was a rough viewing for me. I've seen this like five times and this was by far the the most um it 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 it, it was very more of a hodgepodge than I than I thought it was. It's just like really brittly constructed together, like a, a lot of good scenes mixed with some like kind of like um just kind of like tired scenes and all just kind of assembled into this Frankstonian kind of nonsense, uh to be quite honest with you. After they take out Calvin and Dr. Schultz, I'm out and there's still like another 40 minutes. But uh you know, could be something to take a look at on the show sometime because there's good stuff in it, but Quentin was kind of um disappointed me a little bit. Um, I finally got around all this talk for like five years. All I've been hearing is about uh, just Hamilton stuff, like Hamilton this, Hamilton that. When I lived in Chicago, everyone's like, oh, we got tickets, we're going, We're tonight's the night. And then they'd be like, hey, you got to see it. It's unbelievable. Yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> uh, I finally caught the... Uh, the disney plus they put this movie on there where like they filmed it and they didn't just like point a camera at like the stage like it's remarkably filmed and like whoever directed it like is hitting their mark on every emotional beat and it's uh resounding it's so good and i you know i i didn't think i'd be the guy that's like you gotta see hamilton even if it's on disney plus and you can't get to uh the stage it is remarkable piece of work. Deserve the Pulitzer Prize for drama uh, to our buddy Lin Manuel. I loved you, it. Uh, you, picked an,
5: you picked an interesting week for that because it was revealed this week that uh, for for certain now we know that Alexander Hamilton was in fact a slave owner and slave trader. Um, so that's a that's a, that puts the whole thing into a different context. Um, very. Are
1: you very saying we found that out this week? Is that what you said?
5: I'm saying that, that, I mean, so these, obviously the the records have existed for some time, and there was one other paper that had kind of uh, addressed this stuff before, Um, but uh, a, a, I believe she's a PhD candidate that works in, like, uh, you know, in in the archives, she had very, you know, uh, close access to this stuff, she, she, Dug in, saw some stuff that people had overlooked before, and it's basically like him talking about his, you know, the slaves that he owned and slaves that he had sold. It was like, uh, if people had mistaken it as inventory for something else. Um,
1: wow, breaking so. news, yeah,
2: that is. breaking news, yeah. Because i uh, have really seen that, by the way. I've never seen
1: it, I've never seen that. I, I watched it I watched on Disney it. Plus. Uh, it's okay. good,
2: it's
3: it's really fucking good, yeah. My, that, my wife and daughter, Jefferson.
1: Mm-hmm. my wife and daughter. It's like they're the greatest thing. Ever. It's like their favorite thing in the world. Like they love it more than anything. Me, anything.
4: Yeah.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've known people like that. I think that's partly why I haven't watched it. I'm just, like that me level do. of enthusiasm of a thing turns me off. That's yeah, why I stayed I
3: away. Yep. Yeah. That's why I stayed away. But I was, I was blown away. I don't know what else to say. Wow. Yeah,
5: and, and that's, especially since I sometimes will have that level of enthusiasm about things and be like, you must watch this Jimmy Eat World
3: video. <laughs>
5: <laughs> All right. Sorry, Eric. I didn't mean to interrupt.
3: That's it. But yeah, I mean, they get into the slave ownership, especially with this relationship with Thomas Jefferson and pointing fingers and this and that. So whether or not that would change my experience if I were to watch it for the first time tonight, I don't know. But wow, my hat is off. It's remarkable.
2: Wow. OK. <clears throat> Fascinating stuff, Eric. Thank you very much. Chad Gibbons, here you go. We're going around the square. It's your moment. We want to hear it. I can't wait to see what you're gonna offer. Bring it on.
1: You have such, oh, a, oh. such a taste and you know okay. so much about film.
2: Pressure's this on. Is a,
1: I did it, pressure is on. I got this. I got the uh I got the floor here. Uh so this is my one shot at this. Uh I don't want to relegate it to stuff I just watched, although I did just go through uh Bong, Bong joon Ho's filmography. I watched Parasite. And I loved Parasite. Parasite is great, best film of the year, definitely. I'm glad it won. Uh, his other film, he's got a film called Mother. It's not Mother! Exclamation <laughs> It's just Mother. It's even better. Everybody needs to watch Mother. It's a great film by South Korean director Bong jun Ho or Jun Ho Bong. I, I hear both ways. Uh, I, don't, I
5: believe it's Bong
1: Joon, Bong Joon Ho is what.
5: Ho. I don't know, man. What the fuck I don't you?
1: know. But that guy. Uh, has some great films. Mother is, is not one to miss. So did here's see memory of a murder. Memory of a murder is so good. It's yes. So amazing. Did, did you watch it? Yeah. I think it's on Netflix. It's so good. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. Just, I can't get enough of this guy. He's, he's one of my, he's becoming one of my favorite uh, current directors, but here's an eclectic mix for you guys. So I've, I've read the, uh, I've watched all those movies that I'm supposed to watch before I die. I can die now. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, like, kind of biding my time now until I die. Uh, so here I picked three that kind of span the ages here in uh, different uh, genres and everything. So the first one I'm going to recommend is a 1950s movie. It is black and white. And uh, it's by Henri-Georges Clouseau. It's called Wages of Fear. You guys oh, heard it have heard of this or seen yep. it?
3: Amazing. It's
1: so it's edge of your seat it's these guys that are uh that are hired these kind of you know minimum wage truck drivers that are hired to cart a a truckload of nitroglycerin through the jungle across the jungle to some other city over there and uh it's edge of your seat nail biting uh excitement and just nerve wrackingness and it's got good social good social commentary too you know these guys are just throwing into they're just trying to make a buck wages of fear great yeah, movie it. Now that you check
5: mentioned it out that it's
1: supposed to be it's kind of a classic a,
5: bit of a classic film right yeah, yeah it's, okay.
1: it's a classic but uh i tried to pick underrated classics like classics you don't normally hear about check out wages yeah. of fear gets the Chad gibbon stamp of approval you
3: have been it's talking about it IMDb. For, yeah i remember when you told me it was like the most nerve-wracking experience you can possibly have in in drama
1: <sighs> i had a heart i almost had a heart attack watching it they uh, remade it
3: as Sorcerer. Bill Friedkin did Sorcerer as uh, remade as a well as an adaptation of that original book. Did you see that?
1: Because
2: really? that's kind of a cult no. classic
1: too. I love Bill Friedkin, and I never even heard of it.
2: Yeah, I might have a Thank Friedkin you. picture I'm going to talk about shortly.
1: Okay, <laughs> I mean I can't wait for Friedkin pictures. Make sure,
5: you, make sure you call him Bill when you do because he's not William. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah, we, we call him
1: Bill. Old Bill. Old <laughs> <laughs> Bill Friedkin. Uh, <laughs> 1960s, we're moving to the 1960s and a recommendation that I think I forced Travis and Eric to watch at one point and it still holds up, I watch it often Milos Forman's uh, uh, when he was still in Czechoslovakia before he started making American films he made a we called The Fireman's Ball 1967 it's uproarious and again, great social commentary if you love Milos Forman you're going to love this movie you got to watch The Fireman's Ball put the subtitles on, don't be a baby you know, we're adults. You can read the subtitles.
2: But
4: it's, uh, oh, wait, it's, by the way,
2: I've gotten to the habit of always watching movies with subtitles on, even if it's English. I don't know why. I'm like, I want to hear every word so I don't miss a thing anymore. I cannot weird. do it. I will
5: only stare at the, that part. I won't enjoy I won't <laughs> the rest of the movie.
1: Yeah, my wife does that. Crystal does that. And I'm like, I can't watch this movie with you. I'm sorry, because <laughs> I just stare at the subtitles.
2: Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely doing that. I admit that. <laughs>
5: I can watch subtitled
1: movies, like foreign
5: films, because, but like... But yeah, yeah, if it's in, if it's in English, I'm just it's distracting.
1: Uh, watch the Fireman's Ball, great movie. Um, you're just gonna have to watch it. Uh, and the last one I wasn't gonna put on this list, but I did watch it like last week. Uh, I'm a big fan of Zhang Yimou or Zhang Yimou. Uh, he did uh, that hero movie with Jet Li. Not the Dustin Hoffman hero, but the Jet Li, like, martial art hero. <laughs> the second and, and less. The, le- the lesser hero. <laughs> the lesser of the heroes. Well, I don't know if I'd say that. But I really, he struck me as a filmmaker, and uh, I just have been latching on to this guy. He's got a movie that came out in the 90s. Uh, well, his famous one is, I guess, Raise the Red Lantern, which is okay. But he, there's this movie that no one talks about called To Live. Uh, it's about the cultural revolution in uh, in China. And the, the counter-reformation or the counter-revolutionaries and just this family trying to live their life through that turmoil of the decades of that, uh, everything that happened in China. It was so powerful. I just watched it last week. I, uh, it hit me like it did fearless, like fearless at me. I was just a, a total mess watching this family. Just trying to live their lives. They're not trying to make any political statements. Although I think the Chinese government uh, banned the movie as as their want to do. They just banned his last one too, but it just got released. He's just really was able to release another one under like the, I don't know, I don't know what you call it. Too the bad they didn't ban
3: The Great Wall from uh, 2017. Oh, that was oh, oh,
1: hot garbage. I was ashamed. I'm even I'm partly ashamed to say I liked the director after that. Well, dude, That's I remember his, we saw... You know, Edward
3: Zwick? No, yeah. You remember we saw House of Flying Daggers in the theater? Like,
1: You were yeah. just blown away. <laughs> I was, everybody left and they go, well, that was trash. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? I, loved it. Uh, I immediately called it like one of my favorite movies. And I still, it's, it holds up. I love that movie, but nobody else did. But to live is not like that. To live is just, it's drama, straight up drama. Uh, a man, it's just about a man, you know, and his family, a man. Is he living? Sometimes uh, I don't live. want to live. <laughs> <laughs> but no you won't go wrong with to live and i guess that, there's my there's my recommendations
4: all right those are, i uh, had
1: one shot at it you won't go wrong fantastic. with any of this i he, guarantee
5: you may be, no, uh... he may be back on the show you may have a second shot you know
1: yeah I
2: mean, <laughs> unless you have a death sentence on you know standby we don't he's know seen all the I movies have, that he i'm ready to, to go so he's,
5: Ill. <laughs> he's letting us know. This is the second time he's telling
1: us. <laughs>
2: yeah, true. You know, all those true. I've accomplished all rated. I
1: wanted to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all those say movies again, Mike, are
2: eight or higher. I, IMDB has rated all three of those movies very high. So Good
1: for IMDB.
2: Just letting you good know in case people want a second opinion.
1: Okay, there you go.
2: Wow. They stand wow. They stand up. Those are great choices. I just saved all those to my watch list. I will watch all good. Of those. Thank you. Nice. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Oh okay, yeah. I watched some trash. You know, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I did. Speaking of Bill Friedkin, our dear friend Bill, yep. uh, <laughs> I never, I had never seen it, and I watched Killer Joe. And oh, wow, yeah, what a film, Ooh, man! Uh, yep. This started the uh, McConnaissance. It really yeah, did. It in really my, did. I mean, this is the movie 2011 with Killer Joe, which was NC-17 yeah. because of uh A lot of reasons, probably all related, yeah, (laughs) chicken, chicken related, yes. Um, (laughs) holy cow! And uh, I would actually say this might be Gina Gershon's finest performance, art maybe, she was really good in it. She really was. Everyone's
5: really there's four actors, four main actors, and they're all real strong. I mean, it's just a really it's like a play. It's like a stage play. It's really good.
2: All right. Because that's what it was. I didn't oh, know it was. That. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. That oh, you would have sounded smart if you hadn't said that. Yeah, oh, well, uh, I'm not. I found out after the fact. It's by Tracy. Let's Tracy let the guy who uh, is in Ladybird, plays the dad. Uh, no kidding. He's a, yeah, he he's did. Around. He
3: wrote uh, August O'Shea County. Oh, the, yep. the, sad, the saddest movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, you know his face. If you look up Tracy Letts' people, trust me, you'd be like, Oh, that guy! Yeah, he's been around up. for a while. He's an actor. I didn't know he wrote, so this was a new experience for me. Uh, I'm looking I mean, it up right now. Yeah, that guy, that guy. Yes, okay. it's, <laughs> it's a quintessential that guy. So, yeah, it's that guy. Oh, wild yeah. movie, though. <laughs> that guy. This is all happening simultaneously. This is great. Let's Seen go ahead, guy. everybody.
5: has been around. <laughs> I like that.
3: Juno Temple. She's in that. And she, I, they don't put her in enough stuff. She's a really good actress.
2: She is. I agree. Uh, she really show. <laughs> yeah. Just check it out. You ever saw Killer Joe? I'm going to strongly recommend that one. I really liked it a lot. Uh, I went on a Chris Farley binge. Uh, I hadn't watched it in a while. I wanted to feel good. So I just watched a couple of his bozo movies. It made me laugh. It was nice. Tommy Boy's <laughs> fun. Tommy Boy's a good old fashioned road comedy in the you know, the lineage of all the road comedies that came before it. And uh, it's good times. I watched uh, 200 cigarettes. You remember 200 cigarettes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't seen that in years. And I was back when those like ensemble pieces were like, there's 30 people in the movie yep. and there's like 10 stories going on at once. It was fun. 24 uh, hour
3: party people. Remember that? Yeah. Stuff like that. Or uh,
2: <laughs> go, go, was another go. Nope. Playing by her. Uh, <laughs> watched. Santa Claus, the movie.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Why? John Lithgow, wow. Dylan, uh, I, uh... Yeah, Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore. I mean, yeah, I love this. Dudley I've never Moore. seen this in the theater when I was a kid. And boy, it was just such a nostalgic yeah, flashback too. for me. I had not seen this film in forever. So... I was like, I, 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 I felt like I was six years old. It was really weird. It's amazing what a movie can do to you that you haven't seen like that in a long time. So that was, I'm not necessarily recommending it, but for the Christmas season, it's coming up, you know, why not? Hey, uh, <laughs> oh, wow, that blew my mind. Uh, yeah. So, uh, then I watched, um, I was on this Michael Keaton kick. So I wanted to watch some of those movies I'd never seen, like, uh, Pacific Heights and, uh. <laughs>
4: Did scream? you watch that? I uh, did. did yeah.
2: yeah. The uh, plot
3: is ridiculous. He's like, like he's not even like a like a murderer or sociopath. He's just like into like uh, rental fraud. Like, like <laughs> that's the plot. It's so dumb. He like injects roaches into the apartment so he can like get them to sue him so he can win the case. It's like no one dies. It's just like a shady fraud. It's so dumb.
2: <laughs> I hate it when people don't die. Well <laughs> that's an excellent uh, it breakdown. sounds like low stakes you're right it was <laughs> very uh, low stakes uh there's one that Eric would hate uh, the paper which is a Ron Howard oh. film oh. i had never seen so yeah. that was kind of cool it was like oh it's got Keaton and Glenn Close and uh Mr duvall i mean that's a, a lot of people in this movie uh, it's okay though it's kind of like all right yeah, <laughs> yeah i do not know if i'd recommend it, it
3: was... did you like pacific heights more when uh What's that guy's name? Played Joker in uh, Full Metal Jacket.
2: <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio?
3: No, no, no. no
4: Matthew no, no. Modine. Like, yeah. He
3: gets screwed <laughs> out of his security deposit. That's like the big reveal <laughs> at the
2: end. <gasps> so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: think
2: I live this movie. <laughs> I think we might have to see if this one holds up now. I might bring that in. Uh, I watched the new Borat movie and I couldn't finish it. I turned it off after 20 minutes. Huh. Hmm, it lots. made me really uncomfortable.
5: Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a comedy, but it's unsettling. Yeah,
2: and what? I just wasn't in the mood to be like on the edge with uncomfortableness, knowing that some of the shit's real at times. Essentially, I just
1: just wasn't. There were a it. couple parts. I, I watched it last week too, and there was in the earlier part. I thought uh, several laugh out loud moments, but I can't remember what they are now. <laughs> I remember <laughs> laughing out loud, but I can't tell you what they were. It's all gone. <laughs> All it's all gone. And uh, I
2: mentioned to the guys the other day, I watched Judgment at Nuremberg, had never seen yeah. it, the original. Oh, yeah.
5: so Mikey, good.
4: good. Yes. Stanley
5: Kramer. Yes.
1: I've read the book. So I've never
5: seen the movie. Oh, I had never seen it either.
1: Retired. It should be required watching for everybody. You talk about
3: ensemble pieces, that cast is unbelievable.
4: Mm, yeah, Monty Cliff,
3: Judy Garland, I think Edward G. Robinson's in there, Shell,
4: yep. Ooh, Spencer so Tracy. Good.
1: Uh, <laughs> Bill Shatner's hanging around sure. there. And, uh, even it.
2: Richard Widmark, who uh, I wasn't that familiar
1: yeah. with. Weird really dude. With oh, he killed, or, or no, I'm thinking Montgomery Clift. He killed it in that
2: movie. Dude. Yeah. Uh, it's It holds up. Like I'll probably never bring it up for a holds up, but it does. It holds, <laughs> like, even where we are now, uh, yeah. it really is an honest telling. And you would think a movie in that time period, 1961 was when the movie was made. You would think it would be i don't know a little more cheesy or pro-american politically but they do a really good job of sharing everything about the holocaust world war ii from all angles and really good really really good i'd strongly recommend it if you can find it anywhere check it out so i really yeah. enjoyed that and uh, that's pretty much it so yeah there's our we did it there's our quarantine viewing everybody. That was fun. I hope you check out every single movie that every single person recommended or even shared, even Pacific Heights. You know, if you want to check
3: that, check out. it out. At one point, Michael Keaton turns their power off.
2: <laughs> if you're into <laughs> high-stakes landlord showdowns, yeah, uh, all the, right. niche, the
5: niche genre of landlord sure. thrillers,
4: yeah, yeah. quintessentially.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Well, it's the Cinema 9 Podcast. Email the show, Cinema9Pod at ProtimeMail.com. Follow us on the social media, Cinema 9 Pod. We get to talk to all of us. We love connecting with you. Thank you for watching those that are on the live stream right now. And if you're listening to the podcast, we always welcome a five-star rating on Apple Podcast and Spotify. You can follow us there. Those are the main places now. Spotify and Apple are taking over the podcast world. And within a year or two, those will be the only two choices, probably, which sucks. Oh, but hey, true. this is society. Anyways. We didn't come here to talk podcasts, we came here to talk about the main event. It's time for our segment Does It Hold Up? What's up, man? You getting out?
0: Come on, man, what the fuck you waiting on? Get the fuck on out of here, man. Yeah, you know, I got this funny feeling. Oh yeah? What's that? I'm thinking maybe the only reason
1: I'm getting out of here in one piece is you.
0: Come on, man. Get the fuck out of here,
1: man. You think I'm going to put my neck on the line for some crazy-ass peck of wood? Yeah, right.
2: Stupid.
4: That's what I thought.
0: I owe you, man.
2: Man, you don't be shit, I right?
4: Yes, I do.
1: out of here in no time come on man it's a piece of cake man i right?
0: just take it easy on the brothers i right? the brothers
2: and chad gibbons would you please introduce this week's film
1: so i was asked to pick a film and i wanted to pick one that i hadn't seen in a while and one that i was legitimately unsure does this hold up because you know times have changed it's the whole purpose that i i think of the segment does this hold up and uh American history X is one of these movies that I I have not seen this movie before this week in probably 20 years. Well, yeah, I think that's fair to say 20 years. Yeah, probably 20 years. I haven't seen it in 20 years, but when it came out, uh, I feel like Eric, did you and I watch it in theaters? I saw it in theaters with somebody. I can't remember who it was. Uh, maybe me or Steve. And I immediately loved it. And it's almost like, it's almost, was weird why would i have liked this movie so much but man i i just remember watching it over and over and over again and just loving it i kind of this is the movie that uh put me on to edward norton i know he's on in stuff before this but you know i went back and watched primal fear and all that rounders came out this year with edward norton and i was like this guy is incredible and uh yeah, I, I don't know what, what more I'm supposed to say at this part of the show, but that's, uh, enough. that's enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: that's a good intro, Chad. Thank you so much. Okay, right. yeah,
1: watched it all the time. <laughs> okay, well, I don't good. know why, but I did. That's
2: right. It's American History X, 1998 film directed by Tony K, starring Edward Norton, Edward Furlong, and others like Stacy Keach. Travis, can you take yourself back in time? Do you remember the first time you saw this film?
5: I don't remember the first time I saw this film, but I do remember like going to uh, our friends. I I, I I can't remember who was with me. I think Steve Gile was with me to our friend uh, Drew's house, we, who worked with us at Blockbuster Video. Oh, uh, yeah. We, he, he, was going, he was going to school at uh, Michigan State. I remember like we went to like the new house he was sharing with like his new buddies there. Hey, Sherry. Uh, uh, coming in, chiming in.
1: Um, and, Almost uh, And I look like Patrick Swayze.
3: Yes. Exactly. The Swayze special from Wendy, sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do small fry and a food punch? Swayze It looked like Patrick Stewart from specifically north and south. <laughs> so um so you know I'd walk into this
5: building with a bunch of strangers for the most part and we're going to like get pounded and drink beer and like they had american history x on dvd because this was like when dvd was still new and i remember like it was like, one of the first dvds that most people bought it was one of the first dvds that i owned mm-hmm. and uh and we and it was the first time i ever watched like we watched it then we watched the director's commentary or something like that with, with, like it was the first time that i'd ever um, like seen like those kinds of features and uh, and it was like a to- like, hey, we're going to a bunch of bunch of white guys in Lansing, Michigan are going to pregame for some frat party. We're going to we're going to do that to American History X. And this movie was so popular, you know, like I was thinking about like lots of like I think like maybe a house that I lived in, Govee, I believe houses that you lived in. Like this movie was so popular that people put posters up and they just looked at swastikas in their bedrooms
4: <laughs> for like
5: <laughs> years. They liked this movie yeah. so much. Um well, so, I, yeah. used to,
2: uh, I had the poster behind me. I don't know.
1: Does it have a swastika on
2: it? He's co- he's trying to cover it a little bit. The the yeah, original
5: poster, uh,
1: the I don't know.
5: Yeah. You know, At Blackbuster,
1: I used to I used to draw co- movie box covers like on my break and, and put them as my name tag. And I, I, I drew that. America. You drew American History X. And have it as my name tag. And I remember, you know, it's just you're just it's just a skinhead on my name tag. And I remember a couple customers one day going like, "Oh, is that you? That's a picture of you on the thing. And then so many people thought it was me that I thought, this is not. this is weird. <laughs>
3: <No>. <laughs> you didn't even have the title of the movie. You
2: just had a skinhead with just a, a skinhead. And I
1: look like a skinhead. like i I resemble a skinhead. Oh, boy. It's
2: <laughs> awful. I'm sorry. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm I didn't cool. think anything of it. No, I, I'm sure you didn't. It was not intentional. Uh, Eric oh, Preston, what about you, buddy? Do you remember the first time, your first engagement with this film? I don't
3: remember when I first saw it, but like uh, many, many others, I would watch it all the time. I think a big reason uh, that I can pen down is because it, it just looked so different it had this like gorilla type of look and feel this art house feel that i wasn't used to at like 17 18. and uh, there was a lot of talk early online because i used to get into this early internet news and that's where i first started to like get influenced by outside sources that weren't just like the detroit free press and everyone was talking about you got to see this movie it's so uh innovational and different and and uh, you know that the, the behind the scenes stuff was involved so when i saw it i was taken in by mostly the performances and how just kind of raw and real it seemed and i kept coming back because uh back then it had a big emotional impact on me uh it's like you know i was a petulant kid and it had a big influence on a lot of my life
2: hmm. that's intense yeah I, I remember seeing this for the first time i think uh, branded had got it on dvd and i was like whoa it blew my mind then of course the dvd World took hold around that time, and wow, it just changed my life. It was like so intense; I couldn't get enough of it. I just thought it was such a. It was uh really established my obsession with this um uh, stories about discrimination, and you know, I was really big in the Schindler's List and movies like these. I just can't get enough of of how these are interpreted from different views and. You're right, Eric. It was a different type of movie the way it was shot. You're right. All that stuff, too. And there's all a whole bunch of stuff going on behind the scenes of this movie that we'll talk about, of <laughs> course. Uh, but did uh, did anyone look it up? Or do you know? Can you care to venture a guess on the IMDb score for this film? 8-1? I saw it. I'm not going
5: to guess. That's oh, nice. Oh, I thank you think 8-1's
1: high. I'm going to say 7-2. Two. Two. Tell them what it was, Trav. Isn't it 8-5? That's
2: right. No way. Holy shit.
1: It's 8-5. Oh.
2: This is a highly, highly rated film by the uh, people of uh, the world. Over 1 million ratings, too. That's also a high number. Amazing. Uh, Yeah, I think this film has impacted a lot of people. And on the Rotten Tomatoes side, 96% of the audience loves it.
4: 96%?
2: and eighty-three no percent of the critics, eighty-three. So the the audience is a bigger fan of this film than the critics are, and that's interesting. And of course, we always give you our critical analysis from the people that like to criticize films. Roger Ebert, you heard of Roger Ebert chat? Yeah, I know Roger. Raj, Oh, Raj. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, he says this film. Why? There's so much bad. Why do we have so much feedback? You guys hear my feedback? Annoying, no. I'm definitely hearing
1: myself. Again. Is it, is it, again. it my fault? You. I'm sorry if it's my fault. No, no one. Hello?
2: Yes, huh? we hear you. Yeah, this is annoying. Whatever. Hey, sorry if you're listening to this and hate us. I don't know what to say. So, Anyways, all right. So Roger Ebert said, This film is always interesting and sometimes compelling, and it contains more actual provocative thought than any American film on race since. Do the right thing. Interesting. interesting. What about mick lasalle he said (laughs) this is all he said oh mick mick from the the san francisco chronicle the ending is a misfire period
3: (laughs) (laughs) i paid for that review
2: (laughs) he did did he write the word period or just period Uh, no i added the period but that's the sentence one sentence
5: <laughs> well, presumably there was more in what was published.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, he gives it a two out of four stars. Uh, he, uh Gene Sisko was still around for this. He said it was shockingly powerful. Shockingly powerful.
4: Really?
2: So big fan of that. Uh negative reviews. Uh they're pretty under. There's not a lot of negative reviews. And for the record, guys, I can't find Dustin Thompson. I looked up and down all these critical reviews. Dustin Thompson has not checked in on this film, and it's driving me <laughs> didn't great. You want to touch it. We, <laughs> I guess he did it. Uh, Kenneth Turan of the LA Times said, though well intentioned, turns out to be a simplistic and unconvincing look at a serious problem. Hmm. So, I don't know where you want to go from here because there's so much to talk about. I'm so willing much. to just listen to your opening topic point, <laughs> Travis. You got Woo! something that's really uh, at the top of your mind here as we dive further into this film.
5: So, one of the things I struggled with as I watched this movie was how could I watch it so much? How did I like this movie so much? And um, in part because of the language, like there is just a whole, like, and it made me, it reminded me of something that I I think I've brought up on the show before, but something that I'm deeply ashamed of. And I I don't generally usually publicly talk about, but I was, I used racist rhetoric as a teenager. Um, A lot of people in our high school did. It was really, Commonplace and um, and in retrospect, and I thought, and I think I've all like high school. Yeah, I think I've said this on the show before, but like I thought of myself as a liberally minded person, even I as I use that kind of terminology, and uh, so I think that I was somewhat from like comfortable watching this movie and hearing these terms and that kind of stuff in a way that now watching it, it 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 it, it was really difficult to watch. Um, Mm. Just the the colorful Quentin uh, Tarantino-esque collection of how many different uh, term, like racist slurs we can come up with to wedge into the movie, like that made it for a hard watch. So I think that um, as a teenager, this was probably a somewhat important movie for me in helping me countenance my own racism and get over it but I don't know that everyone who watches this movie or who watched this movie would necessarily get that.
2: Yeah. Before we move forward, I just want to commend Travis for saying that because people are afraid to say things like that. And I think it takes a lot of courage to be honest because immaturity is immaturity by definition for a reason. And we make mistakes while we're growing up. And the point is, do you learn from them when you become a full functioning adult by the time you're 40 years old, Travis, definitely Definitely has. Even Travis, when he was a teenager, though, when he was 17, he did have that and racism patch or fuck racism patch. I remember yeah, that when you had all the yeah. patches on wa- your deck.
5: I walked stuff. around with all this like fuck racism kind of like patches and shit, even as I yeah. like dropped the end bomb uh, because right. I was just like not operating on a, on a full level, I guess. Um, but I want to give you
2: respect for that because I did the same thing. I don't want to hide from it. I'm a grown man. I don't feel the way I did as a teenager at all. I was an idiot. I was ignorant and I didn't know any better. And racism about learning and expanding your understanding of the world. And hopefully that's why we can end it and teach people one step at a time or one person at a time. But yeah, I'm not proud of it. I said things I regret in high school, but uh, I I will say that that
5: that, um, like like Derek Vineyard, I really just needed to get a black coworker because I became I came from a, a white world where I was never around black people. And once I actually got out into the world, once I moved to Orlando, for instance, once I actually like got out of my hometown and like actually like i started really like i, I watched the movie uh i, I made friends with the black guy and i watched the movie boondock saints with him uh one of the first nights we hung out and like there's like a, this very racist scene in the movie where the n-word is thrown around like is, is a comedy bit i remember this being like this is the most fucking awkward moment of my life with this guy and it's just things like that that you know just made you made me you know i cannot watch boondock saints for the life of me now <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, You know, so it it just takes some real life experience, which uh, obviously Derek Vineyard was lacking. And and as a young kid, I was lacking, too.
1: Well,
3: it's good. I'm I'm so glad someone brought up the uh, ignorance itself, because, I mean, a lot of these people in the movie and a lot of people in the real world, it's not that they have all this hatred in their heart, per se, or they're evil. They're just ignorant. I mean, it's that simple. If you grow up in a community where everyone you know is white and you're not having positive relationships with people from other races, you're going to be ignorant. You're going to be susceptible to the type of really ugly viewpoints we see in this film, sometimes in dangerous ways, in my opinion, in the way they're filmed, uh, uh, but other times that are just natural causes of uh, ignorance, blind ignorance.
1: I wouldn't even give the people in the movie the characters in the movie at least the credit of ignorance because they're not are they are living in a mixed culture mixed race situation and i think the movie at least says it's the it is the hatred it's the hatred that does it not so much the ignorance but i i'm, I'm not trying to put down anything you're saying i'm just thinking based on what the movie is trying to say it's more the hatred that that's that breeds these things
3: hmm. that's one of my issues with the film because derek has Dr. Sweeney, who's someone he looks up to for what? How many right. years of his life in school? Right. He,
5: he, hang on. Dr. Sweeney, Dr. Sweeney, the most committed educator in world history.
3: <laughs> the yeah, mo- the yeah. most yeah. powerful man in California, too. He's like the, the warden. He's like the police chief. And like he can like throw He's the everywhere. out the window.
5: <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, He's this is the telling police the what to school.
3: do. <laughs> He's coming to help us out with his police action. What the whoa, fuck? whoa. Get, get this guy out of jail. I gave him an A last year.
2: great writer yeah i think this movie is really he lets Derek into a crime scene yeah he does this movie is this movie's absurd uh and i can't i'm with you travis i can't believe i i was so into this movie because i had a lot of ignorance and look at the same time i would say things that were ignorantly stupid when i was a teenager i also had a compassion so it's not like it was one thing or the other i'm like i'm all over the place like, cause I was like obsessed with the Holocaust from a young age, and I had this contrarian passion for people that were discriminated against. But then I was also saying dumb things about other races and ethnicities when I was a teenager because I I was stupid. Because I was also shock value. We live, we grew up in the era of Howard Stern, and like the shock value thing. At least I I definitely was all about. I mm-hmm. love shocking people and being a contrarian and, and just trying to go as deep and crazy as I could with it. But what I learned by the time I got in my early twenties is that. This is ridiculous. What am I doing? But I had other friends who continued to say to shock me. And then I cringed. And that's when I noticed a change in my life. And that's why I think this movie had good intentions. But it is absurd. Like the Sweeney character is so absurd because he is a good person. But n- nobody has this much control. And then he has this much influence. And then it goes all one way to the white power side of Stacy Keach's character of Cameron Alexander's, the guy who dominates Derek's world.
5: And, the, and and it goes further in that there's exactly two black characters in this movie, and yeah. they're they're black saviors. They are like these. Um, they're not super realistic characters. I mean, the the guy in the um the the prison guy is a little bit more uh, realistic. Yeah,
2: what about the high school kids? Why do they have to be like uh, gangbangers? Why can't okay? Just-
5: so this is this is getting into it right here. This is where I start having a real fucking issue with this movie. Um, oh. Why? Why are they gangbangers? Why must yeah. they be gangbangers? Why must Danny save some bookish, nice-looking white kid from getting beat up by three black guys? Why um, the court when they when they when they have this victorious uh, basketball game? Why must the guys be Crips? You know, why must it be fucking gang members? Um, like, like every time there's even even when they attack the um, the the grocery store, I almost called it Food Town. That was a grocery store. We worked out. <laughs> right uh, even when they even when they attacked the grocery store, like there was like this justification behind it from their from their mindset, like every time and, and, and ultimately Danny is killed. By uh, by a gang member, like, a, like, like needlessly. And something that's kind of left out of this equation, too, is like the, the, these killings, um, like the the, um, the, ki- like the 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 gang member, the young kid killing Danny and the break in of uh, of Derek's uh, truck and that kind of stuff. How much is this actually motiva- motivated by the fact that these are known white supremacists? Like, right. they're out there walking around with fucking tattoos on them. Like, of course, they're gonna anger these kids. Who gives a fuck if they're in a gang or not? That's a poverty related issue versus a ideologically racist, you know, racist ideology issue. And then, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna keep going. But then, on fucking top of that shit, there is just moment after moment after moment where Derek Vineyard and, uh, and other characters, but especially Derek Vineyard, gets to go off with these extended rants of like, uh, like, that sound like any fucking comment section now. And there is no articulated counterpoint to any of this. There is. There is well, to-
2: there's an Elliot Gould scene. I mean, maybe
5: yeah, he does nothing. He he blusters about poverty for a minute and then he gets up and walks out. There's the, the only counterpoint to any argument, there's all this like articulation of the of the white supremacist ideology. And the only thing it's countered with is like this emotional resonance that we're supposed to get. That the director and the screenwriter and, and Ed Norton too are all like, taking for granted that their audience is gonna feel this way. But I know for a fact, because I looked it up after I watched this movie, there are white supremacists that fucking love this movie that eat this shit up that love Derek Vineyard and celebrate it still big surprise.
4: It's
3: dangerous, irresponsible filmmaking in these black and white scenes because there's no counterpoint. There's no guy in the scene about to commit the crime at the store being like, Hey, whoa, whoa guys, this isn't a good idea. It's just straight. I mean, I'm not going to say triumph of the will, but it's straight uninterrupted, disgusting, disgusting, Propaganda. For entertainment's sake, it's shot beautifully like we're supposed to think it's cool. It's eloquently spoken with no contradiction. Irresponsible trash.
1: I'm going to push back a little bit. I hear what you guys are saying. Absolutely. Because I I thought that uh, even as I picked the movie, I thought, man, this this is the exact kind of thing that I was wondering about. But I'm a little bit glad that there was a movie that in the 90s that was articulating these things and all the things that are articulated are in the mouth of white supremacists. So this is this is stuff that you hear in the comment section from people who would say oh, I'm not a white supremacist, but I do think that blah blah blah. And then it sounds exactly like Derek Vineyard. And so in one sense, I'm glad that go ahead and put it articulate this position as much as possible, but put it in the in the mouth of, uh, of a monster. And Derek Vineyard is a monster. The issue I think is he's not shot like a monster. He's shot like he's the Adonis. You know what I mean? Like yes. I re- I remember watching the movie yep. and like, you know, I'm not persuaded by this guy's rhetoric. I, that's just me. But I was persuaded, like when he's getting arrested and he's ripped and he's like, he's and cool. Edward Norton's performance is, yeah, it's, it's like this guy's the coolest guy ever. But yeah, that's but the part I, I have an issue with. I'm, I don't if, have an issue with. Go ahead and articulate your position right. as much as possible. It's trash.
5: And sweeping slow-mo in, like, these choruses, like, it's it's just, like, very triumphant. That right, was the
1: part I had an issue with, yeah.
2: Fucking okay.
3: Lenny Rivenstall.
2: It's, it's clearly an issue, but this is where I, I want to get into the whole background of this film with the director and Edward Norton taking over the editing and stuff. I mm. wonder how much, Ed- I wonder this the moment I saw the beginning scene with the slow-mo, I'm like, did Edward Norton do this? Is this all Edward Norton slow-mo? Cause he worked so hard on his body to be so ripped for this film. I truly wondered that. Like, because-
1: Tony, Tony K said, well, he famously wanted his name off this movie because yeah. he is kind of, I don't, he sounds like kind of a pretentious guy, but like, like Yeah, Yeah, he he does seem like that. He like he wanted to put his name as Humpty Dumpty or something on the movie. (laughs) Like he wanted them to change his name to Humpty Dumpty. And he said, "What Edward Norton did to my movie is a travesty." He added. He said nobody knows what Tony K wanted to do, but he said that Edward Norton went in there and added a bunch more shots and scenes of him of himself. Made him of himself. Yeah. So it might be the case. Yeah, yeah.
2: Maybe. maybe. I mean, I'm not. I don't know that for certain. We can't prove that necessarily. Did you well,
1: guys see um, Detachment? Tony K's Detachment. With I, Adrian wanted Brody? To. I wanted to. I didn't see it. Uh, it's good, man. It's so bleak, though. It's another <laughs> real bleak movie. Wow. It's about uh, it's about high school teachers that are trying to teach kids. You know, like they're doing their best, but it's just it's just everybody's life is a mess, and everybody's horrible, and none of the parents care. It's a. It. I wouldn't watch it. After watching, give yourself a break after watching Mary, Mr. X, but it's another bleak movie.
3: Well, I, he did a documentary on abortion called Lake of Fire. Oh, it is gosh. really good. So the guy is talented. So did you watch it though?
4: Director,
1: it's, it is unwatchable.
4: Oh,
3: it's 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 rough. But it's this unwashable. is a talented filmmaker. So if you're going to have any directors cut, fuck all these like thirty different Blade Runners. This is one I would absolutely want to see. What does this original cut look like? Because apparently Edward Norton just pushed the guy out of the editing bay and just had at it.
5: Well, no, that's that, that's I mean, that uh, that's not what I've read. I mean, I've read that um, the studio pushed him out because he w- had only done commercials before this and wasn't taking the like, supposedly he was making it look, quote unquote, like a commercial. And um, that 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 basically Ed Norton saved the movie and his reputation suffered because of it. Um, this guy has done fuck all sense pretty much. And his, the only thing he's really working on now is I shit you not African history. Why? that's what he's working on right now i heard about that um which you know in history why yeah um that sounds terrible (laughs) um i'm all for i'm all for stories from africa coming out but like just uh, you know just let it go dude to tell a new story Uh, i'm looking really hard for this quote that i um i read from him and i can't fucking find it but like there is this extended quote i read from tony k where basically he was talking about how you know, how the thing got ripped away from him. And he also talks about how, like, he got really frustrated during the process and, like, couldn't articulate his vision. And he also said something along the lines of, like, I wasn't really sure what my vision was as I was shooting it or as I was editing it. And it's like, yeah, that (laughs) fucking shows. That's why Ed (laughs) Norton took over, because you didn't know what you were doing, frankly. Um, uh, Hmm. So I think that Ed Norton probably, you know, I I don't know whether he knew what he was doing or not, but that was certainly the assumption made by the the people he was working with. so regardless of all that stuff aside, uh, you know, I think intention really does matter with this movie. And what he was intending, like, since if he himself didn't know, what are we mm. supposed to get from it? Because if if we have, like, like obviously we're supposed to like be moved by this and think, yeah, racism is bad, but I don't know. It's just a, it's a, uh,
1: I, thought, I felt the same way with Lake of Fire and Detachment. It was, he just, he'll, he throws everything in there. The bleakness of it, like in, in Lake of Fire, his abortion documentary, there's like, he doesn't do it like normal documentaries do where they're like, here's an expert to explain my side. And then we're going to go to a trailer park and, and interview some, you know, bozo from the other side. He'll get like philosophers from both sides you will talk to somebody who shot up an abortion clinic, and then we'll watch an abortion. And it's like, what am I supposed to think after this? And you don't, you feel just horrible after. That's what you feel after it. Same thing I'm with It's hard to watch. Yeah, big pass. <laughs> it's frustrating. I, Be- go ahead, Chad. Uh, go ahead. Oh, well, oh, I was going to say I. I still, I, I thought it was, pow- I thought there were some very powerful moments. There's some big eye rolls and maybe just cause it's, it's nineties. I didn't mind so much the rhetoric because it was coming from the mouth of a Nazi. Like I, I would hope that you're watching this movie and thinking that's what I sound like. I sound like a Nazi. Like if you find yourself saying these kind of things, which I mean, pe- that's the amazing thing is people are saying this stuff nowadays. They were saying it back in the nineties, but they're still saying this stuff. And to put those words into the mouth of a Nazi I think is powerful <laughs> enough. But I do take issue with, like, how romantically they shot Derek. Maybe Ethan Suppley should have been the main character. <laughs> <or> the <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. He's just <laughs> so annoying. Every moment he's on screen. He's he does a great job first. being incredibly annoying as Seth. Bruise him off, too. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you talk about Stacey Keach. you know, Stacey Keech, oh,
4: gosh. he served –
1: He's really good as what he does. He's evil so, though. And he's always going to be evil. And, and, and these guys, he's the guy, he's the ultimate bad guy, I think in the movie. And I think yeah. it's great to recognize that. Cause you see Stacy Keach is everywhere. They're, they're influential. They can do talk shows and, and they can garner up all this hate and they can give justification to all these hate, this hate and these people that join this group. And they say, well, I don't really know the answers, but I know that guy does. And here's this guy that comes on with a suit and tie, this Stacy Keach guy. And uh, And he's a chicken
3: hawk because he goes after the kids, just like Derek calls him, and he indoctrinates them young. I mean, they do a great job with this character, even though Derek Derek pretty much, like, punches him in the face and then, like, kicks him in the head, probably kills him. He's going back to prison, probably. (laughs) And then
1: everybody just turns on him. Yeah. Uh, And uh, I thought it was prescient what they said about what Stacey Keach said about the internet. He says, I think you should see what we're doing with the Internet now. And I'm like, oh, man, they called it. That's true. I'll definitely give you that. I was trying to say that for five minutes. Oh, 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 boy. oh sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Let's
2: rewind <laughs> it. We'll give you credit. We'll give Travis <laughs> Go credit. ahead, Travis. Uh, we'll cut quiet.
5: it out. No, no, we just won't invite Chad back. Now we, That was your one shot.
2: No, but that's it, though. But I, I'm curious. <laughs> By the way, you listen to the cinema nine podcast, and we are definitely talking about American History X 1998 film starring Edward Norton, directed by Tony Kaye, supposedly. And this is a very intense film for many, many reasons. It is a firecracker of a film because it sparks a lot of debate. And I, We could talk about this film for a while, but I want to talk about the mental aspect of how he, you know, he probably before he did all his working out to look like a badass. You know, there's show that video of him with the news reporter when he's just like, you know, got the long hair and he's got no muscle. And his father is killed by a black man, supposedly. A firefighter killed by a drug dealer uh, while fighting a fire? It, it, first off, it's just mm. weird. I don't even care about that. But the fact that they're trying to lay this premise about his father's death caused him to be a Nazi. And
4: they almost well, make it sound
2: like this. No?
4: No. Uh, they, 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 they,
1: it, they- it started earlier than that. Go ahead, Travis. Oh, with the no, dinner? Go right ahead.
3: You already <laughs> stole all of his points anyway, yeah, I, well. I was even gonna,
5: gonna like, use oh. the word prescient. Um no. Um oh. <laughs> no, but the uh, when Danny starts crying because he has the flashback, because he realizes that it was the father that instilled the stuff in him. Um that yeah, it wasn't it wasn't uh the tragic backstory after all.
3: So how old is Derek? Even in this flashback, Edward Furlong's gotta be like maybe 12, and then let's say Derek is like 16. And then in, he spends three years in jail, so that would bring his age up. And then so does he go from like this, like looking like fucking like one of the little rascals to this uh, major neo-Nazi in Venice Beach in like, what, six months?
2: Well, supposedly he furlongs for, you know, he's 14 when the murder happens because he says, I'm not 14 anymore when Derek comes home and they're talking in the current time. So maybe he's a senior in high school now. Derek's 21, 22, 23.
3: He seems a lot older. I think that they could have been did a little more justice by showing someone that's a little more youthful getting indoctrinated because he seems like he's like 30 already and should.
4: I never
2: thought that. I never actually thought that at all. That's interesting. I thought he was young and I thought he still was impressionable. But that's just me. So
5: I, I think it's um, worth pointing out that, like, you know, Derek Vineyard murders these three men and spends three years in prison. Right. Um Bets of interest. The, the and the, guy
1: guy Tori is in there for dropping a TV. Yeah,
5: guy, guy Tory, the places, but he,
1: he he dropped a TV yeah. on the cop's foot and spent six years in prison.
5: So
2: they're that is they're, also prescient.
5: right? So they mm. are you well, know, yeah. They are they are making um, you know there is absolutely very valid uh, social commentary being made throughout the movie
4: without yeah,
5: all without thing. question. Um, it's just that I felt like um, I, I just the main thing that I took issue with here is I just think that this really they expect people to have decency and obviously that's just not the case. Like they expect people to watch a movie and be like, yeah, this is wrong, but
2: maybe more than ever now. So, which is why this being the does it hold up is so fascinating because in 1998, it's not 2020 and sure there was the internet, but it wasn't what the internet is now for this playground that is blatantly obvious of white supremacists, you know, and 4chan and all that crap. That is just part of our world now, it seems. Yeah, like. started a parlor account. Uh, but I don't even know what that is. See, <laughs> I'm I just mean, kidding. Uh, I I'm can't keep track of all this shit. But no. yeah, you know, so okay, so it's fine. It wasn't because his father was murdered, his father instilled racism and bigotry in him from a young age. But why does the mother have to be so sidelined? This is another point I have. Like, she's she can't be strong. Like, she just is, oh, I'm stricken. She has no <laughs> power to, like, uh, I mean, I'm kind that's of also more, a cheesy kind of cliche point of this film yeah. as well. All I know that's is that Beverly,
5: Beverly D'Angelo plays like the most convincing cancerous ridden heavy smoker. I
2: think I could yeah. possibly conjure. She was born <laughs> for it. I think she was born for it. I really
3: do. I, I am kind of curious why she would invite her Jewish boyfriend to her house where she knows her son is one of the biggest neo-Nazis in, in the Santa's beach. That's he's got it. a swastika,
1: a huge swastika on his chest.
5: That was one of the things that bothered me in the movie too is that like like they like at one point they're like they're like gasp because like you know his her, his sister Danny's sister gasps when uh, Ethan Suppley is like recording him like how could you say all that like where the fuck you been? The yeah. dude has been there for years talking yeah. like this. Bad Everyone writing. Act, Bad everyone's writing. acting like like he's just radicalized overnight and then uh, and and Derek himself is like what? Who tattooed you? What? You've been hanging out with who? Uh, Never mind the fact that I left you and would not let you visit me as I as I uh, reformed.
2: Yes, you just had a great point about that. When he comes home, he's so surprised by everything. Like he didn't just obsess over his actions for three years in prison while talking to his buddy and learning and growing. And that's a positive thing. But he did everything and he knew that he felt the
1: guilt from that. Oh, well, you got a tattoo. Well, why is Seth here? What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Come on. laughs> I, I thought with, that uh his his conversion or whatever Derek's conversion was that that was okay good i'm glad obviously yeah. i'm glad and yeah. they did that really well but like danny's conversion like why did he change like mm-hmm. Derek comes home for five minutes and then all of a sudden we're tearing that i thought it was an awesome scene that they're pulling the, yeah. the, the propaganda powerful. off the walls i'm like That's man this is powerful. so powerful but we don't have it any from danny danny's just like oh, okay yeah let's do that like, well, actually, what? that was that was one of the things I
5: actually did like about the movie is that oh. Derek fin- Derek Vineyard's a true believer. He has to be raped by the people that he thought were, were going to protect him before he mm-hmm. could give up, and not only rape but but saved by a black man on top of that. Two um,
3: Sweeney and Guy Tori. Yeah,
5: yeah. Good point. Um, so it takes a lot for for Derek Vineyard to change his mind. Um, uh, Danny changes his mind in the course of less than twenty four hours. Which I think is it is actually I think a point in uh, in both the movie and Sweeney's favor, where Sweeney doesn't want to give up on this kid, um, mm-hmm. like he he should, um, but but Danny really does only believe uh, in, in as much as that he's trying to you know live up in, to his brother and his father's footsteps. Like he he mm-hmm. gives it up easily, I think, because he doesn't believe in it. He's just fishing about for father figures and like a, a, a position in life.
2: Yeah, he shows yeah. that when Seth's uh, recording him, while – Davina's yelling about it when he says like, he's supposed to say all these terrible things. They're like, well, they could some be okay. bad. I don't know. Some, yeah, some are okay. You're right. So he's on the fence. He's not as committed as Derek. Do you yeah.
3: think that's Dr. Like- Sweeney graded the paper after Danny died?
4: <laughs> oh my god, that's dark. <laughs> how that about, is dark.
5: How about a fucking rubric, uh, Mr. Sweeney? Dr. Sweeney? How about uh-huh. some <laughs> parameters for this assignment? It is just the most vague shit. Hey, uh, I want you to write a uh, history assignment about your brother. Yeah, if he's such a committed
2: educator, if he—I know you know educators, you guys. We have some educators here. I was an educator. If you're so committed, you would have the most hardcore rubric of all time ready to go too. That's
3: (laughs) that's that's, I'd stop believing. I mean, yeah, that's that. That's why that first chunk is a little tricky because he's like, I'm your new history teacher now. He decides to like name the course some dumb name, American History X. No, 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 no. Dot, dot, dot. American History X. (laughs) <laughs> knows his brother's finally getting out of prison It's probably going to be murdered later that night Because he's trying to get him in line with the cops And then he gives him like this uh, Homework where there's a bunch of pressure involved Either pass his paper or flunk Dr. Sweeney's got to get his shit together I don't care if he's the mayor, the warden The chief of police All of
2: this other shit
5: Surgeon general, postmaster yep. general Yep <laughs> uh,
2: Yeah, Avery Brooks does a good job though It's good
1: acting performance
2: The acting... I think everybody was in, in the terms of the like role. Yeah,
1: everybody, but Edward Furlong did great. And then guard that, when the first part of the flashback, I didn't like the guard that yells at everybody to get up. I'm like, this, where did they drag? That's a terrible acting job. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> was like, okay, everybody, hard. grab your socks. Time to get up. I'm like, what is?
5: This? Not <laughs> not bad, Edward I, Furlong pretending to be angry, like running up to to Derek and throwing him against the oh. thing and being like, hey. I'm very upset
2: with you. You <laughs>
4: angered me. Uh, tricky line
2: than that. Come on, he tried. This is his on, last right. finer effort. You know, that's that was all. This was it. I mean, what is there after this for him? I, what? What? Why was there ever anything? is a better question. Why? Okay, fine. Right. Well, that's a fair point too, but we could disagree on that. But you know, child what? actor guys. We yeah, uh, we die- we've talked this
4: point. we hate is
2: children. There any is there any, uh, <laughs> any other die hard points that we haven't covered here? Because we've. We're talking about this for a little bit, and we're yeah. getting close to that point. We got to start to make up our minds. Is there anything that we missed that you're just dying to talk about, Chad? Or anything?
1: I coming back to it from 2020 because, like I said, I, I watch this movie all all the time, and I don't yeah, know. I, do I, I watched it so much. I don't know if you remember this, Eric. We were at Blockbuster Video, and I watched this movie that I had. The oh, you know the song that Ethan Suppley is singing. He's oh, in this van. It's like, uh, uh, yes. I yes. had that song stuck uh, in my head, and I, know, I was like. No. I was yep. singing it to myself, like while working at Blockbuster. Yep. And I think it was Eric, maybe it was Travis, you called me out. I was I, like, I, I hey, that. you know, uh, Crazy in Alabama is due back tomorrow night. And the white man marches on. All right, next person, come on. Oh, and then God. Eric Eric goes, Chad, what did you just say? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm singing that song from that movie. It's in my head. That's when I, I had a problem. Oh, That's man. when I re- realized I had a problem. Big yikes. But uh, Not to you. So it was a very... Uh, Influential. One of the things that stuck out to me, there's no, there's not even a sense, not even a hint that Derek Vineyard needs to make right what he's done to these black families. Like he is a murderer, not just a murderer, but like a horrific curb stomping murder. Like it's a, tr- it's unthinkable. It's inhuman what he did. And at no point in the movie does he, is he ever compelled to or asked to. Go right. to these families. Talk oh, to the right. mother. Talk to. Them. At the end, Avery Brooke comes into the diner because he's the, the warden or whatever, and he's like, "We need you to talk <laughs> to your people." He's like, "Talk. he forget about his people. Well, how about we need you to talk to the mother of the guy that you curb stomped?" There's I no hint of that. There's nothing. There's a- no part of that.
5: This is, these are such great points. I mean, this is, this is, this is, I think you, like, I hadn't thought of this exactly, but I think you get to what the, what is fundamentally wrong with the movie. This is supposed to be about redemption, and he doesn't right. actually do much redemption work.
2: No, uh, he, he doesn't. Really, That's why, you know? This is why I, this is my last point is that I would argue, what if the Danny character was just removed from this film completely? And we didn't have to have, there's too much baggage in the film like too many, then you could have actually focused on some of these other points too. Cause you could have told the Derek Vineyard story and that would have been enough of a film anyways, with all of these, I mean, whatever you like about the film or don't like about it. I think if you just got rid of this Danny point in this whole, this whole character arc, you could have told the story and maybe fleshed out some of these other points that we're discussing.
3: Possibly. I mean, they're taking the violence begets violence thing and then just attaching a supporting character to it. It's a little limp. But it does lead to some beautiful scenes. I mean, when uh, they have that conversation, it's a little bit cheesy, but it's real. I mean, he's saying, you know, I love you. You're my best friend. But it's not overly sentimental. It's sweet. It's powerful for me. Um, I mean... Yeah, when not that it's all said and done but there are some enormously moving scenes when he comes out of the shower and crosses the uh Swastika yeah. I'm tearing yeah. up. I'm I'm ah. crying. I'm feeling bad for the guy. And and you know Norton is great, say what you will about those old scenes. He's great in those, but he's also really subtle in the way he interacts with people once he's out of jail he doesn't just say get the fuck away from me to seth and everyone he he's civil he'll like you know say hi you know but you can tell by the way he acts that he's done with everything and he does a good job of keeping everything for now kind of inside until he's ready to make his move and get out of this organization that's not easy to do or act
5: who does a worse voiceover um edward furlong in this movie or the girl from
3: the crow
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going with the girl with the crow. Sorry,
1: we're
3: not enemies, but friends.
5: <laughs> okay, so that's that's
3: another problem
5: I have with the movie. Will it ever stop? <laughs> I hate the voiceover. Oh, the 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 voiceover is awful. But like, and then ending on a on an on an Abraham Lincoln quote. Oh. You could have ended on a fucking Martin Luther King yeah, quote. You could no put kidding. your balls out there and ended on a Malcolm quote. But no, you got to go gotta with the great emancipator.
3: Uh, and you know, you the little like, white boys say it. Just put it on the script. Hatred is too great a burden okay. to bear. Martin Luther
2: King. How hard is that? That
5: would have been perfect. And instead, we got yet another shot of oceans. Book <laughs> hey, ended like ocean. the
2: whole. I feel like the whole intro credit scene was just like reshot. we like, oh wait, we we need something that's just like so epic. Let's just. I add want something that represents change. Will people yeah. get this?
4: Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, not
2: to
3: overstate it, but. Dr. Sweeney in Lamont. This is, this is trying. This is almost saying that people from different races, blacks, Latinos, are responsible for helping the white guy find the path to, uh, you know, uh, illumination or whatever. It's not our responsibility. Something has to happen to us, and we've got to be pulled out of the darkness by the people that we're hurting. It doesn't work that way. It shouldn't work that way.
5: Wow, man, I hmm. think you, I think you fucking nailed it.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay, that's well, hey, good point. on that point, that's a good point. Travis, I think it's time. We got to we gotta come to a conclusion, my friend. Are you ready to make a ruling on this film?
1: Robert, hold up or
5: not? I think that um, it's an interesting watch, um, especially in today's political environment, to see the Comet section brought to life in Derek Vineyard's performance or in Edward Norton's performance of, of Derek Vineyard. So I, I think it's an interesting watch for that reason. I think that if you wanted to get a sense of uh, if you wanted like a movie that grapples with with race uh, in a better way, I would recommend uh, what was it last year's uh, the best of Best of Enemies uh, that Sam Rockwell movie I think it was I think it was called that or was it Best of Friends? Yeah, I forget best what it was called. Of best of. Never Friends. heard of it. Um, that was that was pretty good, but but better still than that was uh, if Beale Street could talk or uh, Black Klansmen uh or Defy Bloods. I mean, I think that I think there's a lot of movies we could recommend uh that are told by black voices. Um, not necessarily it doesn't have to be black, but I mean if we're trying if we're dealing with race, I just feel like um getting the white people's perspective of white supremacy, like uh, it need, it needed to be done more. Um, I mean for the time I think it was good.
2: Does it hold up? No. Oh it I does forgot. You just it does mm. not hold up. You just reminded one. me of it. That yeah. I watched the Help for the first time this week.
5: And yeah, that also
2: does it. not hold up. <laughs> I'd never seen it. I I, I purposely dismissed it because I thought it was supposed to be bogus, but I decided to watch it, and it really hit me emotionally. But they did that to manipulate me, is the problem. So that's right. I
5: mean, there there is um. Uh- when Netflix recently started doing the top 10 movies that are being watched, like during the whole, the, the whole like summer of, of riots and stuff, uh, The Help was like consistently one of the number one movies. And there was all these think pieces that started coming out talking about how Viola Davis had pretty much said that she regretted the role um, because, you know, this is a movie that's, you know, it's written by a white woman, directed by a white man with white characters talking about black people. And it's just there's a lot
2: you could do better. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't want to take away from the point. That was just interesting. All right. Eric Brandstrom. I don't know where you're going to come out on this. I am really just waiting to hear from you.
3: (laughs) This is an exceptionally acted, well-shot thought provoking film that evokes a lot of emotion, uh, asks salient questions for the most part and helps to illustrate what is sadly still a gigantic issue in our country today. Structure is a little tricky. That first half hour is like borderline after school special. So aside from some clunky structuring, some silly elements in its narrative uh, and some slightly irresponsible filmmaking uh, (laughs) when it comes to some of these scenes, it's an impressive, moving, and like I say, salient piece of work that in my opinion holds up.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. Mm. This is very interesting. Chad Gibbons. You know, you chose this film. You are a very special guest. So you have special. much time. So so, so very
1: special. A
2: passionate man with a vigor for life, few have ever noticed or will ever experience. noticed. Don't even notice it. <laughs> Nobody, know. Know. <laughs> it.
1: Nobody notices it. <laughs> You're a great guy. Nobody sees it but me, though. Nobody knows about it, but you're pretty good. <laughs> Fruitless <laughs> endeavors. I would never <laughs> say this to your face, but you're yeah. not bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, you have all the time in the world. This is your moment, Chad. Give it to uh, you. I'll, I'll keep it quick. Uh, I do have I, – I recognize it, everything that Eric and Travis just said is, is absolutely right. I felt like – I mean, Avery Brooks is everywhere. It was there was there was a few eye rolls in there like there was a lot of eye rolls. I don't like the voiceover, Um, and Avery Brooks is like the almost the poster child of the the magical Negro, like you know what I mean trope.
4: Yep. Yeah. I didn't come up with that. I was
3: like, is he supposed to be a real person or is he like a genie that's helping Derek out?
1: Yeah. Right. 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 So that's that's egregious. But I watching this movie, I I did remember that what Avery Brooks says to Edward Norton in the in the uh, medical room or whatever in the prison actually had a a, a, a profound impact on me and I, and I totally forgot about it so i was watching it again and he goes you have been asking yourself the wrong questions has anything you've done made your life better i think and that's I,
5: probably
3: the best scene in the movie by the way like two
1: like oh. two
5: like they're crying together and stuff like that's really actually a really powerful scene I mean, yeah I, I, I thought
3: i can't resist i have to cut in i used to love that line until last week when i saw it now i just see it as being like Derek should turn away from it for his own selfish reasons because his his you know his life mm. isn't. It's not because all of these things are wrong or these people don't deserve to be treated
1: wow. like this. It's as what you wow. what makes you happy. Mm. Well, point. it's a good point. I I thought it was powerful then. I thought it was powerful again today. Aside Sorry. from Derek's comments. Sorry. Sorry. Thanks. Well, well, Eric does. He, yeah, he makes a <laughs> point and apologizes for to me. Like. I, I let my heart out. You guys invite me on the show. I, you know, open myself up. I don't often do that. And Eric just, storms off the podcast.
4: <laughs>
1: uh, no. Okay. So uh, I guess long story short, I, it holds up. I'm, I, I, I recognize that there's points. If it's been done today, it should have been, it should be done differently. There's some egregious things really, but I feel like we need more of this stuff, not less of it. And I, I think it holds up
5: more better done.
1: Yeah. yeah. All
5: Mike, right, Michael, you, you have the floor.
2: Oh boy.
3: Here we go with another uh, up in the air decision for Mike.
2: Well, I didn't know that, uh, it would come to this. Um, I should have gone first. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know. Wow. I, I've been confused. I was thinking about I was thinking about the help. And I never seen it, and it really made me cry. I cried like a baby. I sent pictures of them. I I was, those me, oh, yeah. yeah.
5: Those pictures, will, made... those pictures will be posted for all. To did see. you? Oh, did you
1: seriously take a picture of yourself crying oh, yeah. while watching you know, the hell? I sent it to them. I sent it to them. Yep. I
5: saved it. It's yeah. going to be the Twitter uh, profile pic next this coming week. I promise. I
2: definitely oh. sent it to them in the notion that I would see that picture again online. Or somewhere else, just like that stupid photo I did in 2011 that people exploited. There. I can't even do that. Face. I don't know what I was doing. You, you I did made a weird though. face
4: once. And yeah. And Dave Horning
2: just took off with it once and it became lore. Anyways. Uh, the Help has moments, though. I'm sorry. Viola Davis did act in the film. We can't undo the fact that she acted in that film and that she actually gave everything to it. So she did emote responses for me. I didn't get upset and emotional about the film because of the white people or only because they were such dicks and assholes and they weren't learning from anything that's what bothered me and that the people that had to bear that brunt I cried for them so you know whatever people want to put on a media I, I feel like it's a media thing this movie? I'm gonna get to that <laughs> it's the same thing with this movie
3: so the help holds up. I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. All right,
1: yeah.
2: cool. I'll see you guys. No,
1: I don't it's... know. If, I
4: don't know if the help holds it's up. Or a
1: not, but
2: podcast. I'd never seen Bryce Dallas Howard so nasty. That was actually impressive. I didn't think she could act, and I was surprised there. Mike you're in but, the weed. Uh I gotta tell you. This film emotes it emoted a lot of emotional responses in me in my life. Now, do I dismiss those because it's 2020 and I didn't have those when watching this time? I didn't have the same emotional responses this time.
5: So well, that's the question is, does it hold up? Not, not what emotional responses did you
2: used to have? That's not the name of the segment. Right. I agree. <laughs> but I'm trying to get to this understanding of. Yes. What this and we're film, trying
3: to badger you into an answer.
2: <laughs> I know what, what this film has done to me is. Uh, it's made me think a lot. And I think if a film makes you think a lot. Even if you don't agree with everything, I think it holds up. And I think that's why I'm going to stick with it. Even though, like Chad said, egregious stuff, Travis's points. Eric's points, a lot of bogus stuff in this.
3: Can you get paroled after three years when you kill two people? Uh, yeah, three. I mean, yeah,
2: that's uh, exactly what Dave Petrucci brought it up. Uh, oh, know, okay. Uh, Manslaughter for a curb stomp. Yeah, for a three curb years. stomp. Yeah. Um, it's got a lot of problematics, but it's also it's thought provoking enough. Even if Edward Norton blatantly put himself in slow-mo in many, 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 many scenes that are completely unnecessary, (laughs) I'll never know the truth behind it. If I don't have the honest story, if a documentary comes out and tells us the truth about this background of this film, then I'll change my mind. But on today, November 12th, I say this film holds up. There you go. All right.
5: And Mm. even with slow-mo Norton. Yeah. If Tony, what's his name, uh, does a documentary, we cannot trust that source. Tony K.? Tony Tony K.
3: Yeah. I mean, we we can't
5: trust his documentary, which is called Humpty Dumpty, which he's been working on. I heard
3: Edward Norton uh, seized control of that documentary and totally fucking changed it.
5: Um, You know, there's also a lot of talk that, you know, that Edward Norton's, um, you know, he's got a real reputation for being a difficult, difficult person to work with. And a lot of that started here. And I can't help but wonder. If uh, if maybe some of that might be unjust, you know, like if, if it's true that t- Tony K supposedly was throwing tantrums and screaming and not doing a great job and not being professional, um, if it, it sounds like you know, like he got nominated for this movie, Edward Norton did. This movie was an Academy Award nominated picture. Um, it to, again, I th- I think it seems to me like um, Edward Norton salvaged this movie based on what I could gather from what I've read. I think Tony K sounds like. Uh, a difficult person to work with, who uh, who smeared Ed Norton's name. That's, that's okay. I, well, there you have that's
1: it. Where, that's how that's
3: I feel about line. it. We can burp, burp, burp. close I would still recommend. I would still
1: recommend his detachment with Adrian Brody. It's Adrian right. Brody's really good in it, and it's a so, it's another solid. guy who's going to be difficult to work with. So, oh, interesting.
2: Yeah, well, maybe that's Tony's case. He he. It sounds like Tony K hates himself, and he's drawn to negativity around the world, but or negative storylines. Anyway, he he looks
5: like a really skinny Larry Charles. Like he's like like <laughs> like a terrifically skinny Larry Charles.
2: <laughs> All right, that's it. This we did it. American History X doesn't hold up. It was three to one. I don't know. I really wanted to go with Travis to make it a tie, but yeah, I feel like. Have. I know I've, I might regret this on the road, but we're doing a live show in real time and we can't take back our thoughts. It can never change your mind. That's what this movie taught us, right? Uh, once... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Cinnamon iPod, ProtonMail.com, Cinnamon iPod. We want you to rate the show on Apple if you could. Five stars, Cinnamon iPod. It's a great show. Chad has been our a show. Guy. We're talking about our show, right? I'm our talking about our show. show. Okay. Yeah, not American History Act. Yeah. Uh, Chad, you've been a wonderful guest. It's been so great yeah. to have oh. you. Yeah. Oh, well, I really know, really. And you're a great avid fan of the show. We appreciate your support. But we want you to hold that thought as we turn it over to Travis Roy for next week's selection. Chad, you're going to see this live. Oh, so um,
5: I rather enjoyed picking a holiday holiday themed movie last uh, last time I picked one for I know. I going with the this. Row um Lovely. you you might this this this, this the, the, my choice probably won't surprise people that know me well generally on this show i like to pick movies like chad picked a perfect movie like where it's like does this hold up truly i don't know if this holds up but sometimes i also just like to watch movies that i love that i haven't watched in a long time and i want to talk about for a while and um i want to watch a a very um a movie that's very close to my heart um, it's a comedy and ensemble piece. It's about Thanksgiving, and it's not Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, because everyone knows Jody that. Foster? that holds up. Jodie Foster's directorial debut, 1995's Home it. for the Holidays. <laughs> I knew it. Home I for the Holidays it. with with uh, with Holly Hunter.
0: For the Holidays.
5: And Robert Downey Jr. That is, that is my, my selection. I still
2: haven't seen it, so that's why. But you detailed. will now, dude. Yeah. After hearing
5: me talk about it for 25 years. I, you've definitely... You're going to watch this movie and be like,
2: uh,
5: <laughs> all right
2: <laughs> uh, You've definitely been hyped up on your end for a long time. Oh I my God. Yeah. It's, it's,
5: ago. it's such just it's honestly like lower your expectations. It is a slice oh. of life movie, but I think that it, uh, I think it does a good job of being like a movie that deals with like some social and family issues while also being kind of light and, uh, just some good meaty performances from people like Anne Bancroft and, uh, that kind of stuff that we can dig into. <laughs>
4: Okay,
2: that's fantastic, Chad. Any quick comments on that? Yeah. No, this show's dumb, guys.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, don't listen to the next episode, Chad. No, I mean, no, I'm
1: saying <laughs> <laughs> no. I have no comment. That's uh, that's awesome. That is all it. right. Well, Robert Downey
3: Jr.'s trailer on the set filled exclusively with cocaine.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, well, uh, well, like a cool trailer to hang out in. <laughs> like we said, we want to thank Chad for coming on the show. We want to thank him for picking a very Great point. fascinating film to break down. I, I still feel like I don't feel good. I feel uncomfortable. And,
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um,
1: that's very a good cool. thing. No, so, yeah. The, right. the grocery
5: yeah. store scene, especially, like them dumping all that oh, shit down
1: the girl's mouth gosh. and stuff. Like
5: this fucking unwatchable, man. Like it goes I, on forever.
1: I, I remember God. the curb strike and I remembered the prison rape. But when I watched it this time, I was like, this, the, the grocery store scene, is unwatchable. It's, it goes on for fucking ever, and it's so hard to watch. Yeah, I, I completely
2: agree with that. And I know, uh, you know, Jen, we're four white guys talking about this stuff, so yeah. we, we understand that. Don't forget that we don't understand that. This has been a complex, do listen to this. We Oh, yeah, we completely understand who we are and where what's going on in the world. <laughs> this film is so... It's gonna carry on. It's Gonna be talked about for a while, and it might not hold up in another ten years, even. But white it. shame, the podcast. Yeah, that's what we When <laughs> <laughs> We did a tune in it. every week. We, we did uh we did Dead Poets Society. Uh, white people, the movie that was.
5: <laughs> this, is, this was comment section of the movie, which I actually yeah. wrote in my
2: notes. That's really good. Yes, this is comment section of the movie. Thank you so much for uh, joining us, Chad. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week for uh, Home for the Holidays by Jody Foster, nineteen ninety five. Chad. We'll see you then, buddy. Thanks,
1: Chad. Thanks, Thanks Chad. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks guys. for listening, sorry, everybody. Sorry, I said your show is done.